You're listening to the Wheel of Time TV podcast with Jay Florence. Moraine, she is the strongest female character and one of the strongest characters, period, in the first book. And I think the way female characters are depicted in the first book is problematic, so I think she is a, a good, strong example of Jordan writing a strong You female. think they're problematic in the first book? Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rereading it is interesting. From like, rereading mm-hmm. it 10 years later, the cultural shifts that have happened with the Me Too movement and reading mm-hmm. it through more of that lens is interesting. Egwene and Nynaeve are both kind of caricatures. Nynaeve is the classic naggy woman, annoying, chastising. I, th- I don't think she's very multifaceted at all. In book one, I'll say, because mm-hmm. I think yeah. things shift and open up over time. And mm-hmm. Egwene is just kind of annoying. I don't remember her being that annoying when I first read the books, but she's kind of... What annoys you about she's her? She's just kind of, not shy, but she, she's just is kind of me- she's kind of meek, and she just seems like such a tertiary character with, without any of her own strong beliefs mm-hmm. or opinions being shared, really. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, we've been talking about casting a lot on the show and rereading it. I think that's why Egwene struck me as being younger because she comes mm-hmm. off that way. So it'll be interesting how they change her character for book one, being that the actress is 22 and she can't be that, you know, kind of childish. Right, and she yeah. is really young. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, they're only, she's what, 16? Right. So, But her character on the show is going to be a bit older than that, so it'll be interesting. Andrew, this is the first time you're reading it also. What was, did you have the same impression of Nanave and Egwene? I feel like when I read this when I was 15, I found Nanave really annoying. I thought like <laughs> she was really nagging mm-hmm. and just kind of like, why is she always angry? Mm-hmm. But reading it again, I feel like I understand her character better, which is that she feels like she's in charge. They're her charges almost. Like mm-hmm. she feels like she has to protect them. So yeah. she follows them. She feels responsible for them, like they're taking these people out of the two rivers. And the reason I think she's resentful toward Moraine is, rightfully or not, she sees her as the impetus of this whole big change that puts her, these people she cares about, Mm -hmm. in danger. Mm -hmm. And then later, you know, she develops romantic feelings for Lan, and he's bound to Moraine somehow that I don't even totally get yet. Yeah. But so it makes sense to me that she's she's prideful and resentful, Mm -hmm. but she's not like. I see her as less nagging. She was my least favorite character when I read it when I was younger, but I actually like her a lot better this time. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I actually think that Jordan does a good job of of at least laying the groundwork for her mm-hmm. complexity, um, which I think doesn't really blossom until a little bit mm-hmm. later, maybe. I just want to talk about channeling. What do we know about channeling from Eye of the World? I think we know that you can visualize its effects I don't think we How know that much it? about what it. What do we know about channeling? It seems very internally driven. They focus on touching the... I always imagine it when I'm reading it to be this it very this internally driven thing where they conjure mm-hmm. it up with their mind and feel the sensation of touching mm-hmm. the true source, but that it's not something that we can see, that anyone can see. Right. Other than another Aes Sedai can maybe sense the glow. Mm-hmm. That yeah. description, I think, has been given. Yeah. So... 
And it's something that you have to learn. If you can turn all, doesn't、mm. necessarily mean you can see the glow in, around another woman. It,、right. it comes with handling the one power for a while. Yeah. Most of the instances of channeling in Eye of the World, like Moraine is using channeling, but it's all very mysterious, which she's actually doing.、Mm-hmm. And then Egwene does, but all she does is like light a little. Oh yeah, she lights、mm-hmm. up her jewel. We see fire. We've seen Moraine throw fireballs. Yeah.、Um, we can see her kind of like. Affect the earth, like、mm. make the、oh, earth yeah. tremble. Oh yeah, I love that scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, yeah.、Um, we've seen、cool. her. Yeah, that's gonna be fucking sweet. When they are traveling to the blight to find the eye of the world, she like inverts the light so that if anyone were to look at their campsite, right, they would、right. just see around yeah. them. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we can see her manipulation of things, but you can't actually see. It's not like. Magic, and you see flows. Correct. I actually、yeah. really like the scene in Eamon's Field where the townsfolk are getting a little riled up and sort of turning into a mob, and Moraine just shoots fire out of both ends of her staff and just like、yeah. back the fuck up. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you a story. <laughs> I hope they leave that in the show because、yeah. it's a cool scene. It's a cool. Yeah, it's a great scene. That reminds me of something. Egwene can be kind of stupid in in Eye of the World,、mm. and after Moraine uses her staff, Egwene says, "Your staff is very powerful." Yeah, earning a sniff from the knave. Moraine made a clicking sound. I have told you, child, things do not have power.、Mm-hmm. The one power comes from the true source, and only a living mind can wield it. This is not even an angriel, merely an aid to concentration. Wearily, she slid the staff back under her girth strap.、Mm-hmm. It's like Aquain. How many times has she told you this? <laughs> like she told you your、yeah. first lesson、yeah. was about this blue stone, and Maureen said, "Was this after that power?" This yeah, this is after that. Pay attention, Aquain. Yeah, this is like on their way to Shadowland.、Right. I hope she's a quicker learner in the TV show. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Well, it seems like what you're asking or bringing up is how are they going to depict、mm-hmm. touching. The、mm-hmm. the source, right? Like if well, it's not something that you is visually depicted、mm-hmm. in the books, I hope that they don't well, suddenly change it and make. I it. think they,、mm-hmm. it's this is a hard thing、yeah. to discuss. If they're sticking to what we what we on this podcast have decided are the parameters of this、mm-hmm. the, the plot of season one,、mm-hmm. then I think it'll it'll very much look like nothing.、Mm-hmm. Right? We'll only see the effects of those things. Maybe a glimmer. Maybe,、mm-hmm. but I think what's interesting about that is that it leaves room for just as in the books we come to understand it in a different way over time. Right.、Um, it leaves the viewer of the show、mm-hmm. um, able to come to understand it in a different way in the same in a similar fashion. Yeah. How do you think they'll do the battle at the end of Eye of the World? Because that things are a little bit subtle up until you get to that point, and then all of a sudden it's bonkers. Yeah. It's yeah. like Dragar dropping out of the、right. sky,、yeah. and there's. Yeah. yeah, that part I always forget about it.、Yeah. Um, when I and then I reread Eye of the World and I'm like, oh yeah, like Rand just fucking teleports to the battlefield between the yeah. Borderland yeah. Landers and the Shadow Spawn. I think it's interesting it's that you said you forget it because I do too. When I、yeah. reread it, I didn't remember that, and I think the way that the book accelerates. Is exponentially so. By the time we get to the end, it's just、mm-hmm. action, 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 action. That battle happens. It's all so fast, and it is kind of forgettable. But it's such an epic moment.、Mm-hmm. I think in the show that they'll probably want to focus on that a lot more. Yeah,、mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's sort of like not tacked on, but you get to it at the end. But、mm-hmm. I can see us from a, a viewer point of view following the Shinarans and the Borderlanders、mm-hmm. more,、mm-hmm. or having more screen time.、Mm-hmm. With like Ingtar 
so that you know we're not just hopping over to the battle at the end. Mm-hmm. It's it's like oh right, we, we get the suspense of them, like the tides of the battle turning. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're in jeopardy versus mm-hmm. Randa showing up and being like, well, this looks like a hot mess. I guess I'll just uh, help here, help there. Yeah, yeah. throw right, a couple lightning hedges. bolts. And he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing he either. Yeah. Doing. He's just like ah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could have gone way worse, actually, considering. He just shows up and he's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> Guess I'll throw the fucking lightning bolts out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> and to, while we're talking about channeling, uh, Colin and I were talking earlier just about the, the magic system. So I thought maybe now would be a good time to talk about it since we're talking about channeling anyway. About Sadar and Sadin, or Sadin, however you say it. And that it's a like basically based on like a gender binary system. Mm-hmm. Um, but Colin, you had some thoughts about it. What were you thinking? Yeah, I really wonder if the show, assuming they adhere to the way that Jordan's laid out the magic system, if the show will fall under scrutiny for basically having a higher power that decides, that essentially decides someone's gender. Because only you can only touch one half. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing that's outside of the person that's mm-hmm. deciding what half you can touch or can only is only reacting to a certain part, right? right. You can only react to a certain part. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me that there's no like, oh, this one person or some people can touch mm-hmm. both sides. Like no right. one can touch both sides. Right. So it's an interesting concept mm-hmm. that there's an external thing that's deciding this. Right. So I'm wondering if if Rafe is planning to, for lack of a better word, queer that, you know, or if they're mm-hmm. going to adhere to... I would, I feel like they have to adhere to it personally, but I think that doesn't necessarily curtail Rafe exploring like gender or gender non-binary things in the book. I think it's like... The way that I've been thinking about it in my head so that it doesn't bother me, which is probably not Mm -hmm. how it goes in the books, I don't know, is just that it's a masculine energy force or a feminine energy force that isn't necessarily tied to a person's biological sex. So I would like to see later that maybe there's a... Really? You think it's not? I think it's like the opposite. Well, I think it probably is, but that's disappointing to me. I would rather see like a biologically male Aes Sedai be able to touch the the feminine side of it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I could see them doing that. So going by identity versus like... I think they they could easily write in a character that could do both. I mean, they'd be... Veering from the book, but, yeah, 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 but they could. Or like, could there be a female Aes Sedai who can touch Saedine? That would be interesting to me, mm-hmm. which is more interesting than like this is man magic. This yeah, is woman right, magic. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Magic. I mean, it, 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 the system itself is is very intricate and I think well uh-huh. drawn out, or I mean, well painted, mm-hmm. I should say. But I'm curious about that particular aspect of it and. I wonder if, if they will kind of play with that in terms right. of yeah. current understanding of the way it can uh, we have like gender a, works. Yeah. Like a Brienne of Tarth who can touch Sidine or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling they'll avoid it and they might explore gender non binary things with non channelers. Sure. It's a binary system. He wrote it binary and he didn't account for right, right. anything outside of that binary yeah. system. So yeah. but I think there are multiple ways that they mm-hmm. could address it. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not they will. I mean, it seems like it's one of, I think that Sanderson was saying this in one of his tweets I was reading that it is one of the theme, main themes that Jordan wanted to have to explore in the books. Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. was gender, I guess, as well as cultural 
differences between cultures and these fantasy cultures. I don't know. Maybe it gets more interesting later. Mm-hmm. I hope it just doesn't become like man magic's better than woman magic or well, whatever. That, that I, would I, suck. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll be reduced to that. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think it Jordan's would, system it would, is that way either. Yeah. I feel like they explore. If anything, I think he was trying to play with it and like flipping expectations between mm-hmm. men and women, mm-hmm. you know, and that like the women repre- represent like order, and the male channelers represent more like chaos, chaos. and mm-hmm. the tate and like a descent into madness. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point because I was thinking if it were reversed and. The women were touching this tainted source and were going the ones crazy. They were yeah. breaking the breaking of the world. I, that would yeah. piss me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think yeah. he, he I is kind of playing with those more traditional right yeah. tropes. It's a lot more interesting dynamic that there are these Aes Sedai who are so powerful and they're all women and they kind of, I mean, they could rule the world if they wanted to. Right. Which is not. Well, in a way, they do. Yeah. They, they. Well, I can't. But really I mean, talk like with an really iron fist, yeah. like they would, like right. they could mm-hmm. stop wars from happening and mm-hmm. so forth if they wanted. I can't argue with based on only evidence from Eye of the World. Mm. Yeah, so it's hard I'm to gonna shut okay. my yeah. Yeah. shut my face. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to think about. Yeah, that. it's right. hard not to talk about the entire series, but. Yes, I think your point is that they're not using their power for self-advancement. Like they, you're not hearing about Aes Sedai, like a powerful queen who just, right. you know, yeah. ruling a whole nation, taking everyone's money and like doing whatever the fuck she wants. You, right. you haven't heard about anything like that in Aes Not in this book. You just know that there's Aes Sedai, they live in uh, Tarval and in and, and the White Tower. And everyone kind of lives in fear of them, which I think is cool mm-hmm. and interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're so powerful. The witches. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it's cool. It's different than a lot of fantasy. That's mm-hmm. true. It's not like, oh, honored mage, you're mm-hmm. so wise. We it's love you. Gandalf. I love Gandalf, too, but it's a lot different than Gandalf. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moraine is not a female analog of Gandalf in, yeah. in any way. It's safe to say. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can learn more about us at ranlandtv.com and follow us on social.